Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is the 919 Beer Podcast. Part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts for the 919 Beer Podcast. Joe Ovius, Adam Eshbaugh, and Wayne Holt. Nick Alexander, sales manager for Bill's Brewing Company, is our guest today on the 919 Beer Podcast. We'll chat with him in just a little bit. Nick's kind of like podcast fam at this point. We've done a lot of stuff with Bill's Brewing Company, including an on-location podcast back in the summer of 2018 where we had a grand old time. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. I am Joe Ovius from 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh, North Carolina. Adam Eshball is not here today. Wayne Holt is. So, Wayne, I expect a super smooth podcast. It always is when Adam's on the road. Weird, huh? You know, it's... We're not asking for recipes and not no. having lager and pilsner conversations. We're just enjoying our guests. Feels like we have a lot to get into. I um, locally, actually, there's plenty of local news. So last Friday, I went to the soft opening for the new Trophy Pizza, the Trophy on Morgan in downtown Raleigh. And unbeknownst to me, I did not realize that they were completely redoing the original bar. At Trophy. So Kelly and I got a little sentimental. We're like, oh, geez. It's like, you know how many Sundays we've spent at this right. place? Like, oh, oh, my goodness. How many years have they been up now? Uh, I think it's seven. Is it that long? Wow. Six or, at six or at seven. It's okay. seven. And uh, yeah, is it? yeah, it's seven. So we got I got a little sentimental, you know? And we had to take some selfies and all that stuff in the old bar. And then sure enough, Sunday was the last day of the original part of Trophy. And then they've opened up the new right. Trophy, which the old part will eventually become more space and then an event space. Uh, and they're going to keep the kitchen back there and those types of things. But the new Trophy Pizza is, you know, it's 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 got more of an open layout. It's got more of the industrial design that they have for their Trophy Maywood location. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also very gorgeous in t- inside with the... Uh, with the tanks that they've got, right. the wood, the the barrels that they'll be using for the souring program, so it's all very very well done, and uh, had a good old time doing that. Did you get any Detroit style? I did get some Detroit style. I mean, look, the Detroit style is always good. Yeah, I've had okay, it before. Okay. I remember earlier in the year we did it. <sighs> My understanding is that they're going to be able to, when it's all said and done, they'll be able to do Detroit style pizzas all the time. Right. right. Yep. Because uh, it was a very specific methodical process to make that pizza at a Monday four. Yeah, Monday but, Monday, but right now Mondays <laughs> are the uh, are the time that you can get it. And then on Sunday we went to the Panthers game at yeah, Bank of America that. Stadium. It's a great game. Oh yeah, to. oh yeah, great time. Look, Kelly had bar association tickets. So the uh, bar association once a year will like buy a block of tickets, right. and then they sell them to members for okay. the cheap. So we got NFL tickets for thirty bucks a pop. What? Right. Now, mind you, I was in section five hundred six, three rows from the. I'm top. in a different kind of bar, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So we were all the way at the top. It didn't matter. It was a good old time. And I drank a ton of cheap beer because the um, the the, pr- the price differential for a domestic versus the craft, I was like, yeah, I can't justify five more dollars. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm already spending nine fifty on a beer. So let me just go ahead and drink the watery stuff. 
And then we ended up at no. I, I put it out there where to go after the fact, and we ended up at um, we ended up at Noble Smoke, this new barbecue place, um, and it was excellent. I I thought it was really really good, but um, and I guess they've got some sort of association with what is it Suffolk Punch, which is out of Charlotte, and I've not heard of it before. But yeah, I hadn't either. My understanding is I guess they're connected because they basically had a whole entire just list of Suffolk Punch beers. And we had the traditional stuff. That's not true. I actually had, I guess it was a can or a crowl or something. I had something from them, but I've not been okay. there. I don't know much about it. Uh, that's my my uh, my bad on this one because I should have done like more due diligence right. on like researching who these, because I had not heard of it yet because, again, I'm kind of disconnected from the Charlotte scene now. Right. But the, because there's just so much going on. But the barbecue was great. And frankly, the beer was excellent as well. Kelly had a Berliner that was fantastic. And then um, we also enjoyed. We also enjoyed the the barbecue itself, and then they had all three styles of of sauces there if you wanted to. to the, the meat itself is fine as is, like the pork three is, styles. Yeah, but they Eastern, had they had Western, their Lexington. They had their Lexington style, right? They had what you know the, what you consider the, the 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 Eastern style, right? And then they had their their mustard. I guess there they have to. But I didn't. It wasn't. But it wasn't colored like mustard. It was red. It was actually. Um, really? Yeah, it was. It had more bite than anything else. I thought it was excellent. Okay. Um, so if you're thinking, if you're not a mustard-based person, and you're like, ah, I don't want to try it. No, 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 no. This was like their take on it, and it was excellent. I loved that sauce. It was not. It wasn't like anything else I'd ever had. So I really enjoyed it. So that was pretty much the weekend. And then as the week progresses, what was it? Last podcast we talked about A and B, right? Getting picked up, and then. Somebody, I think you had sent me, or Adam had sent me in the text thread. Adam did, yeah. Of uh, New Belgium, did yep. getting picked up by the large Japanese beer conglomerate, the, the people who make Kieran. Yeah. So this is um, bit of a surprise considering that I had just seen Chris Allen <laughs> in Bank of America Stadium for their New Belgium activation there on right. Mid Street. Yep. Uh, shout out for him bringing the the um, the Ranger Imperial, which wow, yeah. But that kicked. There was a little bit of a mistake as to which beer they showed up, so we took advantage of that. <laughs> Regardless, so I had just seen them there, and it was you know normal conversation or whatever. But I think this blindsided a lot of folks. Yeah, I won't disagree with that. Um, I'm not sure what, what they told the employees or the employee owners leading up to it, uh, but I think just as an industry in general, and it was kept pretty quiet. Um, I did see the post by Ryan Beach, who is with uh, New Belgium. And Ryan's uh, guest on this podcast. Yeah, Ryan's been on here before, um, and he seemed to be really happy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not talked to any of them personally. I've done a little bit of reading, and don't know how much of it's accurate. But uh, from what I understand, that three out of every seven employees are going to seem to be happy about this because they're vested in yes. their in their options, uh, and the other four out of seven aren't. Mm-hmm. So they just continue to be an employee. Where the three get uh, it's kind of like a buyout. Or yeah, stock. It's stock. So I guess when you leave, you sell. Whatever. I'm not sure how, but yeah. But they can still. My understanding is that things are going to operate as is. Right. For right. Yeah. The foreseeable future. Sure. I mean, I had talked to somebody about it, and it was like, all right, what does this mean for you? And it's like, not a lot right now. Right. 
because well, somebody somebody had reached out and said, "Well, there goes the Asheville facility." I'm like, "Yeah, I can't imagine. That. I can't imagine why they yeah. would do that. It's a signature part of downtown Asheville well, now, and it does. And great it's not about business. Asheville; it's about producing beer on the East Coast and not having the truck it so far. Right, and, and of, that's where reasons, yeah. and that's where I could see what happens to the Asheville facility ends up being used for the other beers in the portfolio. Right, right. They might yeah. not be making as many. You might go to the Liquid Center, and there might not they might not have as many one offs or whatever. Right. Uh, and they're gonna. They might allocate different beers to ship out across the east, but, but that's you don't notice it. I mean, it's, it's no different than um, it's no different than Dale's, not Dale's, but um, Oscar Blues. Yeah, when they took on uh, through the same investment fireman's fund, whatever it is, the same mm-hmm. investment company that that invested in them did uh, Cigar City, mm-hmm. and they just started brewing Cigar City beers in uh, Brevard mm-hmm. along with their Oscar Blues beers. But you still go to their place there, and there's plenty of Oscar Blues beers on. I think that's the thing that I take away from all of this recent change. I mean, we've had 2019 is going to close with Mm -hmm. a lot of big beer news. Yeah, absolutely. um, Whether it's the hookup between Sam Adams and Dogfish, which I know that's how it was painted, but it seemed like Sam Adams was the one that was acquiring Dogfish, whatever. Yeah. Um, You know, we just talked about A and B last week, and now we got this with New Belgium. So. I don't think that the average consumer cares as long as the beer that's in the can or the bottle continues to taste the same. It's all right? that matters. If you are of the 1% that truly cares about you know, making sure that you support independent craft beer wholeheartedly, all right, fine, that might affect you. But I remember when Wicked Weed was canceled right, yeah. by a lot of people. Right, Absolutely. I mean, for hasn't seem to hurt their sales. Hasn't hurt their sales at all. I the mean, pub's I'm, always full. I was, I'm gonna say I'm going to Asheville in February. I'm sure I will end up at some point stumbling over to Wicked Weed, and it will not be lacking well, people. I went to both of them when I was up there. I don't know, six weeks ago. Yeah, uh, six seven weeks ago, the pub was full. The Funkatorium has expanded; it's tripled in size, mm-hmm. inside and out. Um, it was packed that day. So yeah. Again, that 1% may not go, but they're the 99% pick up the slack. The analogy that I used on social media when the news came out is that uh, eventually your favorite indie bands will go major label. Right, yeah. Okay. Everybody's here to get paid. And that's really what it is. When you've run a business for 30-some-odd years and you start looking at things differently, or you look at how the industry is going, Mm -hmm, maybe it's harder. Maybe it's getting harder for the middle, that middle-tier brewer to make a lot of money or to continue to grow. So what are your options? Either you're happy with what the status quo is, maybe you dial it back a little bit, you know, whatever expansion plans you might have had get put on hold. Or you find a way to merge or sell out, so to speak. And I hate using the term sell out, but that's really what, that's what everybody's going to call it anyway. That's what, that's what people are going to call it. <laughs> so if it's the difference between your favorite brand of beer still existing or not, you kind of have to go with this business decision sure. that is being made. And you know, they, obviously they had to put it up to a vote because it is an employee-owned yeah. company. Uh, my guess is, is that things will go through just fine. Sure. But it's not going to stop. I don't think it's, it's going to stop me going from the New Belgium facility in February. Just like you know, Dogfish and Sam Adams getting together hasn't stopped me from like trying to seek out Dogfish stuff and things like that. And we use Wicked Weed a lot as well. And if it's one of these things that ultimately turns you off, okay, cool. I'm not. I'm not going to be a person that tells you not to. But just I hope that you read. You know, as the kids say, bring that same energy. So if you're going to bring that energy when somebody decides to sell out, redirect that energy to going and supporting whatever local brewery that exists that you really do like Absolutely. and champion it. Because going online and complaining about it isn't really doing anything. It's not. And, and 
we've used analogies on this podcast before about whether it's beer, whether it's cameras, whether it's uh, whatever, wreath making. doesn't matter whatever you are into. You are totally into that. Your friends are into that. You have the social groups. You have the, the Facebook groups that are into whatever it is you're collecting, whatever it is you support. But I don't have a clue. Your, your gaming systems are you and the games. Mm-hmm. You and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Great example. I don't know a thing about either one of them. When something when something happens in that world, you know about it. Yeah. And you wear it if it's something you'd like or you don't like. Same thing with beer. I love Baby Yoda. So I don't know, have a clue what that is. Right. But beer. Spoiler alert. But even with beer, most people don't care. Mm-hmm. They don't know. They're not in the groups where they're even going to know New Belgium got sold. Does it taste good? That's all they care about. <laughs> is this fat tire? Yep. That's it. Still getting it done for me. Yes? Yeah, it is? All right, cool. Then I'm not going to have any problems with it. Uh, reminder, you can listen to the 919 Beer Podcast wherever you get your podcast. You might be catching this on the air. That's awesome. Appreciate that. But you can listen to us on a variety of podcasting platforms like Apple, Spotify, and Google. Subscribe to it. Uh, go ahead and rate it. If it's a one-star thing, it's Wayne's fault. We all know that. <laughs> we also have a bunch of different podcasts on the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Uh, if you're into wine or you want to know more about wine, Go check out Wine and Dandy from our friends over at Mix 101.5. They do a good job over there, having a lot of fun, talking about different uh, styles and uh, restaurants and all that fun stuff. So go check that out as well, all in the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. And if you will, this week especially, when you listen, go rate it. Give us all five stars. That way we can have a spike in ratings with Adam not being here. Yeah, yeah. Adam, Adam will totally not get his feels about that. Let's say hello to our 919 Beer guest today, Nick Alexander. Actually, Nick, I wouldn't even call you a guest. You're my family. Nick from uh, Bill's Brewing Company in uh, Wilmington. Yeah, you practically show fam. Well, this is my fourth show. <laughs> Donnie did one of them. True, but I, you were there. Absolutely. Yeah, you were there when we, uh, I think we had done that from the front porch, right? Oh yeah, so I guess technically it's it would be our fifth show. Yeah, it's a Bill's Brewing, and I I've, I only missed one. Donnie told you I was underwater basket weaving. I heard that <laughs> on the uh, podcast. I will say this for sure: I spent more time with Nick last year and this year than I spent with some of my family members. Really, I can absolutely promise you that. Wow. I mean, okay. I, my, my my dad. So there's a lot of siblings on my parents. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of family we don't see. So um, like you though, Nick. We hey, did a yeah, uh, we like did a podcast. Too. We did a podcast what last summer. Uh, was it last summer? We did four of them. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Last, oh, in, yeah. in Wilmington. Yes, it was last summer oh, I in Wilmington. Was, yeah. yeah, it was summer of 2018. Like August or September. Yeah, because we are. I'm, I'm having to remember that this year is almost over. So when I say yep. last summer, people oh, were so, August, so, right. so it was. Yeah, it was yeah. in August of 2018, and uh, we did a Now Your podcast out there. We had a great time, and yeah. uh, it continued on in downtown Wilmington. <laughs> so there was. I think all video evidence has been destroyed. Although know, Wayne Wayne likes to bring up the instances where somebody orders one too many, they don't finish said alcohol, and that's when I come in and just polish it off. So you still you still get on me about crushing right. that white wine, right? I mean, if it's a you know if it's a half finished beer or something, yeah, pretty much anybody can do that. But yeah. you took two thirds, three quarters of a bottle of wine, yeah, and just well. turned it up in one gulp. Yeah, well, I was pretty impressed. Hey, man. I mean, I'm not understanding why you didn't do better in the uh, beer mile. Uh, it's uh, I think it's the carbonation of the beer that slows like, me down. You turn that bottle wine, I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about that. Turn that thing up like you read about. So, what is going on in Wilmington these days? Oh man, beer in Wilmington has been exploding for years, and 
you would swear it was going to slow down at some point, but mm-hmm. it just keeps growing. So we've seen, I mean, you know, for, particularly for Bills, we are expanding our program, but we've also had, you know, some of our neighbors have expanded their breweries and uh, Wilmington Beer is, uh, it's actually been really fun to see our market change because the there's a lot of bars in Wilmington who carried domestics even last year completely and wouldn't even look at you. Interesting. And uh, now it's, you know, in this in 2019, it's been a big change, and it's all leaning towards craft beer. I mean, some people you thought would never change have all craft on. Why do you Why do you think that is? I, I think the culture has grown, and mm-hmm. I think it's more understood. But I also think the trends in beer have gone from making the biggest, craziest, mm. most ingredients, and you know we're seeing lagers. Don't and say that. Beers coming. Lager. Adam's not even here. Adam's not even here. Gosh, oh, man, he's gonna get really upset. So many breweries are in Wilmington, uh, in in New Hanover County, the market down there now. You know, the, say the three counties areas. So I probably should have checked the numbers exactly, but I believe it's nineteen or twenty in okay. New Hanover County now. Oh, wow. Um, starting, I can tell you when I moved away from Wilmington in 2015, I think there was only three breweries in New Hanover County. Um, and now it's 19 and that was, you know, that was the end of 2014. Um, but Wilmington was late to the show too, really. I mean, you know, obviously Asheville and oh, Raleigh yeah. and Charlotte. Charlotte blew up I and mean, Charlotte's got double the breweries we have now. And then Wilmington was kind of, you know, Winston-Salem had a few things going, Greensboro got something, then Wilmington and all of a sudden you guys have blown up and have more than Winston-Salem or in fact, probably more than Winston-Salem and Greensboro put together. Yeah. Greensboro had... Greensboro had three open yeah. in 2015, and then it really kind of stalled until the past two years. I, they have two more opening currently. Winston-Salem had five or six open in 15, 16, 17. But Wilmington, when it happened, it happened. Where are we with the state right now? Do you know how many? Oh, I have no well, idea. Well, I know we're so um, obnoxious. One of our one of our buddies, one of our listeners, Paul Prouse, just posted something on Facebook yesterday that he was visiting North Carolina Brewery number 330. Now, that includes brews that have gone out of business or sold, um, changed names, what have you. But 330 that he's been to personally, and Paul probably been to all but maybe one or two. So, so. I did a count on, I've been to over 100, but I and I realized that that's only a fraction of it is, right. what I could visit. And it's really, to me, what's crazy is I remember trying to find breweries years ago yeah. when I was I was working somewhere else and we were getting ready to open that brewery and we would go to places and we would, look for breweries and it'd be kind of tough and you know that's in late 2014 mm-hmm. and then by the end of 2016 you couldn't not visit a brewery right. in a small town yeah, almost right. even i mean you'd like look at around here i mean y'all have fuquay verena has <laughs> oh well, you, know, you gotta take into consideration the demographic down there they drink a lot of beer you know like Adam <laughs> well, and that they, crew. <laughs> they also drink they also drink a lot of beer in wilmington too but that's that's the thing about that's the thing about that area i mean you gotta remember you got uncw you also yeah. have the idea that it is a seasonal town mm-hmm. for lack of a better term because of the beach uh and wilmington being the main access point for people who are going to go into carolina beach wrightsville beach curry and, beach. curry beach and the light Isle, all those so now Carolina Beach has grown over time. Wrightsville, it's kind of the point with Wrightsville where like, yeah, catch me later, guys. I, I don't want to go to Asheville anymore or to Wrightsville anymore. It's tough, no, uh, well, Wrightsville also has like uh, just recently they've stunned development because of the amount that's trying to happen. Oh yeah. Whereas Wilmington, um, I don't know if y'all have been to the Wilmington Riverfront downtown recently, yes. but uh, there's. I think it, I think they said there's like thirteen hundred new condos going mm-hmm. up in one development, and there's like. 
six new developments. And a Waffle House that wasn't there the last time I went was there this summer when I oh, went. Oh, in the soapbox. That's my favorite you, place for shows. Yeah. The Waffle House, we left Front Street <laughs> after a long day of alcohol consumption, mm-hmm. breweries. We did the uh, ancillary fermentation out of Kerry, did a, um, a booze cruise. We did all that. We left Front Street after having bourbon at about 11.30, quarter to 12, and walking back to the hotel, and we spot a Waffle House. Oh, man. It's go time. It was ugly. <laughs> I have yet to go to the Waffle House on Front Street. That's the one. Just yeah, because that's I just can't. I I I can't believe it's there. Right. That's what I'm saying. And out of principle, it's like, great. I just don't. It's think fantastic. I can. Yep. Yeah, that's, but but downtown Wilmington is you know it's actually looking like a real city. It is. Oh, uh, it's, where it's it was crazy. always just kind of like oh yeah, this used to be something at some point in time, and if you wanted to do any sort of like local storefront business, you did have the the. A glorified mall right there on the river. Absolutely. Was it the cotton? Cotton exchange. The cotton exchange, right. But obviously that's all changed over uh, in the last decade or so. Uh, But it's it's just interesting. And the the demographics, I think you have people who have moved to the area. People who have moved to North Carolina from other places don't realize how easy it is to get to all these places within the state if you're centrally located. So like if you decide to live here in Raleigh or you decide to live in Durham, uh, or just the triangle in general, you realize, oh, wait a minute, it only takes me two hours to get out to the beach? All right, cool. That's an easy drive after you get used to it. It only takes me two and a half, three hours to get out to Charlotte. Right. Uh, you know, I'm going to be going to Asheville. Like, I bought I bought Sturgill Simpson tickets yeah. in February in Asheville. I'm like, eh, three and a half hours? Ain't nothing. Gives me an excuse to spend a couple, a couple days in Asheville and drink, right? Like, yeah, let's just do it. So I think Wilmington's experiencing that for the most part, where people are either buying a second house uh, realizing how easy it is to get there, and I can see why things are just kind of building back up. And you guys have been there for a while, so clearly you're seeing the benefits of this development, right? We are. I mean, you know, we dealt with uh, when y'all were there. Y'all saw the construction on oh, Market Street. Yeah. Oh so yeah. Oh yeah. They've uh, somewhat slowed that down. <laughs> um, however, you know, w- there's the beautification project is what it's called. It's been uh, it's a multiple faceted project that is. Uh, I, who knows when it'll end. Um, is, Road construction, it never ends. Road yeah. Never ends. Well, and they're doing, so now that they finished Market Street, they're doing the crossroad of Kerr Avenue, which was the street up from the brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're also about to do a street that's before the brewery, closer to downtown. But it's crazy. But that has cleared up a lot. So traffic's coming back down Market Street. And as that happens, you know, we've had, as they widen these roads and expand the travel systems and everything, the amount of growth people are saying, you know, Wilmington, there's only so much more that can happen. But I mean, they are putting density, man. No, oh, they're putting yep. so much. They're they're building up rather right. than out now. Um, but you know, you're even seeing Castle Hayne is becoming a right. popular place to live, yep. and Bergaw is starting to see a housing increase. And it's uh, it's definitely, I mean, it's great for business. Um, it's worrisome for the river which is already out of commission pretty much anyways but it is you know definitely as far as being in business in town i'm i'm excited for it it is definitely making traffic interesting yeah and uh, and i i brought this up at pierre kind of when i saw you at a at a bone to pick with your sunday hours oh <laughs> so we're I, things so are- context context here so we uh kelly and i and the kids went down to carolina beach for the day uh, and the reason why we go to Carolina Beach over Wrightsville is because we have some family friends of ours. My my dad's best friend has a place out in Carolina Beach, which is easy parking. Absolutely. And that's key, Carolina man. Beach. That is key. Plus, I, I like the vibe of Carolina Beach over Wrightsville. That's just me. But um, I, Kelly and I were talking about, right, well, what do you want to do for 
dunch, essentially, you know, because because <laughs> we, we had gotten out to the beach probably around 11, 1130, you know, had had lunch on the beach or whatever. But it's like four o'clock. Like, all right, we're off. We're done. We're done with the beach. What, what do you want to do for dinner? And I said, well, go to Bill's. You've never been there. I know you've enjoyed the beer that I brought back from the podcast. She's like, all right, great idea. So I put it in the Google Maps, and it says, uh, this place will be closed when you arrive. It's like, <laughs> what? On a Sunday? So I took this up with you at Beer Con. I'm like, come on, man. What's up with the Sunday hours? But I'm guessing there's reasons why, and maybe there's an update? Um, so uh, there's not an exact update yet, but I okay. can say that we are we are definitely ch- – we've changed things to – Make sure that everything is happening the way that it needs to. And for right now, we are open 10 to 3 on Sundays for brunch with fried chicken and, you know, our full brunch menu. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think our brunch is one of the best in Wilmington. Yeah. Um, it's uh, after working there for two years, I still eat it regularly. So, <laughs> That's um, a testament. It's, That's it's a testament. Well, when I was down there in July or August, whenever it was for the ancillary uh, boat tour, that's where me and my buddy Jim went down there, and that's where we had lunch was at Bill's oh, nice. yeah, yeah, and Saturday it's afternoon. Always fun. Um, and we had chicken. <laughs> but hopefully, you know, hopefully our hours will expand back on Sundays. We're bringing fried chicken back uh, starting this or next week um, to the days that we're open. So we'll have it, you know, th- Thursday through Sunday, not Wednesday night, but that's our big burger special night. But Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because we had dropped that to two days a week. And then basically we limited the menu. Um, we d- we're doing more bar service with like floating waitresses, more like a tavern style. But the hours, as you know, as traffic increases back, because you know for a while our parking lot was closed. You had to enter from a side street yeah. and drive through two parking lots just to get to us. And now that has reopened and it's helping. So we will more than likely in the near future, um, as next summer approaches open our Sundays back up. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there's always, you know, we are, we're rolling with the punches right now. Um, as we, as things do better, we expand them back out and it really comes down. I mean, there's a lot, there's just a lot going on. There Um, is Brooks and Donnie are about to have a baby. Um, any, any moment now you had mentioned that before we started recording and, um, you lost a bet, didn't you? Uh, well, I mean, we were just, uh, there was no actual, like, Oh, no bet. actual money on the line? Yeah, no, oh, okay. that was just right. us going, right. like, you know, Austin's going to be here, um, <laughs> and uh, he's he's not yet, but he, uh, any day now. So, it's coming up real soon, and uh, we're, we're excited about it. It's going to be good for them, but uh, it's, you know, definitely, uh, definitely another factor in what's happening. All right. So what's happening with your beer? Yeah, let's see. I was going to say let's talk about beer. Well, so right What are we now, drinking right now? Hail to Hail the Leaf? Hail the Leaf. Yeah, it's uh we basically as we get closer to having our production facility running, which mm-hmm. is um it's, you know, it's a construction project that's happening constantly right now. We have started focusing on what our core brands will be. And uh, a lot of people will remember our Citra Pale Ale. I know y'all have tried it before. Absolutely. Um, and that one, it, it's always done great for us. But as we move forward, we're looking to brand things. And Citra being a hop name, it is, you know, you can look around the state and find many a Citra yes. Pale Ales. So what we've done is, uh, you'll, you'll remember we had Mosaic IPA that's now called Wave Break. And that beer has been in the market now for, uh, for a year and two months. Um, Hail the Leaf. About three months ago, got the idea was pitched around to name Citra, and 
with naming Citra, we also decided, you know, maybe we'll update it to a little more of the modern style of pale ales and just see how it goes. So we juiced up the recipe a little bit, added a bigger whirlpool, but we kept the same basic Citra recipe. For depth of flavor, we also added Simcoe hops. And so, and we lowered the ABV from 6% to 5.4. That just kind of happened with recipe development as it does from time to time. But Basically, we wanted to make something that was juicy, still a pale ale, light-bodied, easy to drink, and just a ton of flavor. And uh, that's where we, you know, hail the leaf, and we've released it into the market, and it's been the reception has been incredible. Okay, um, it's a different it, it. It's not your true American pale ale um, with a malt backbone and a hop presence. It's definitely hoppy it is yes um it is not, not super bitter yeah i was gonna say that i was about, i was about to add that while it is hoppy it did not you know overpower me with any sort of bitterness uh, yeah and i mean that's where like you know the classic pale ale i think has really been neglected in our market uh, it has yeah but as the flavor profiles and what people are really looking for the perception of beer has changed over the past you know five years and the people like the juice they really do i don't know why <laughs> I like it sometimes. I like it sometimes. I mean, what was it? I think one of the first things that you you had brought back in 2018 was the uh, what the profusion profusion 3.0. That thing you want to talk about liking the juice, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the the description on that can literally says that this is a juice bomb for your face hole. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, and uh, that's but this hail the leaf's all about balance. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, uh, you know, it's actually the same percentage as Profusion, but Profusion has the super haze, whereas yes. Hail the Leaf carries the lightest amount mm-hmm. of hop haze. You can still yeah. see through it, but it's got yeah, it's it's not gonna you know, it's not particulate. It's more of a it's more of a sustained haze, mm. um, and it's very much, you know, it's still clean, but I think a little bit of that protein haze character carries some of the flavors that you don't get sometimes, and it helps with the juice. Okay. But, you know, it, it's all, pale ale has always been about balance, and uh, I think we I think we hit the hit it right on the mark with this No, one. this is this is tasty. I'm, in, I'm actually enjoying this one. Um, you brought so much beer because you thought Adam was going to be here, so we're going to have to like pace ourselves here. Yeah, that's okay. That's fine. We'll be fine. Um, what's the next one that you brought? Uh, so we, uh, um, you know, a lot of people, especially up here, we we've, we've become fairly well known for doing the super juicy, really okay. hazy so IPAs. I was hoping we we're going to go to this one next because it's a good segue, given that we were just talking about with Hail the Leaf, what y'all definitely do well these and, guys and so this tropa hapakana is the is the next crowler we're going to open and what it is is it's really kind of a hybrid between american and new england's at the okay. same time it is super juicy it's not overly hazy it doesn't carry the same sustained um haze that sick flips or perfusion or dog haze of summer did but it's an exhibition of the amount of flavor you can get without that overwhelming mouthfeel or, you know, too heavy on the haze. And it's a very, it's, again, it's balanced. Uh, it's about 16 IBUs, but it carries the, you know, the tropical whirlpool back end. Um, it's Citra, Mosaic, and uh, Amarillo, the German Amarillo Fruit Punch Hop, which is a, it's a new one in the market, but it's, you know, very interesting. It gives a nice fruity flavor, citra being really citrusy and mosaic being really fruity. Uh, it's a, it's another, it just adds another balance to it. It does carry a little bit of haze, but it is, you know, somewhat clear. But it's, uh, I mean, if you've tried Sick Flips or Perfusion, you remember Perfusion is like 
opaque. Oh yeah, can't see through it. Haze, haze. It looks. I like just like just... the description you said. It's an exhibition. Yeah, it, oh, no. it exhibits flavors. Wow. Getting beer, know? I'm getting beer on my jeans, I'm which, like, uh, wow. which is going to be fitting considering. Oh well, I'm already going pre-hurricane game. Just getting beer on my lap here, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Does that mean you're going to the game? Yes. Huh. Well, you know, my son's a Flyers fan. I mean, I got to go to the Flyers game. Oh, well, wow. I'm just going to be hooligans. I mean, I'm I'm dressed in Canes gear today. But I see that. I will definitely be. Uh, Plus, his heart. Y'all can teach me better than that. He likes orange. He likes hockey. Okay. Plus, he's you know we got family in Philly, so yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. All right, so this is not profuse. To, to circle back on what we were talking about here, you're right. This is not as like I can I can see light through this, you know. Yeah, but you can't see. I can't see you through it. No, because <laughs> he's darkness. But light comes through. <laughs> well, yeah. Hail what? Anyway. Uh, yeah, so clearly light comes through this. So this is definitely not like how perfusion was. But anyway, well then uh, this would be this is probably the first time you've tried this. This I, is this I is actually released this beer at Beericana. Um That's probably why I didn't try it. Yeah, it was on tap only. I I gave Joe the case of cans, but that you know who knows what happened to that. Mm, true. Uh, or no, no, I gave it to Wayne. Yeah, that's on the, the golf I was cart. gonna say you didn't yeah. give it to oh, me. The case no, no, of no. cans. Yeah, the case of cans. So you know yeah. that had the, that had. Yeah, that's we up, what we did in kegs. Um, Trapahapacano was actually released there, which was, you know, got a good reception. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. Yeah, sure. we drank. Adam, I think I'm going to drink that. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm sorry. I released Hail the Leaf at Biracana. We released uh, Trapahapacano at the Lighthouse Festival. Okay, in that's Wilmington. what I thought. Because I, t- I don't remember trying this at Biracana. No, no, no. So, anyway, we, we did Hail the Leaf at Biracana. Okay. We did Trapahapacano at Lighthouse Festival. Gotcha, gotcha, um, gotcha. And so it was definitely, you know, Back to the exhibition thing. We really, when we got a new assistant brewer, his name's Connor. Um, he's a young kid. He's in his early 20s, and he wanted to brew the juiciest. That's what <laughs> he, when he came to us, he was like, it's got to be the juiciest. And so he he wrote a base recipe with uh, Jim, and who's our head brewer, and they worked on the hop schedule and how they did it. And they, they really, like, uh, it was a very long brew day because they, they did techniques we've gotten close to before but they really they whirlpooled at a really low temperature okay um, which normally we try to keep it like brew days at eight nine hours um this one was longer than that to say the least um, so how did the old dog take to the new uh pup with that with jim and oh it's been fun you know the, the passion of somebody in like the early 20s getting their first foot into beer is it passion been... or ignorance yes combinations that's a hard uh, that's a hard it's been it's been really cool though. He he definitely he's brought things to the table. I think, you know, as you're as you do it for a while, you start to see the intricacies of what the beer industry <laughs> right. really is, like mm-hmm. the politics side and the Absolutely. you know, dealing with things that you when you're drinking beer, you're drinking it. When you're making beer and trying to get it approved through the state and blah blah blah, it's a different game and uh while it's still fun and it's a it's definitely a it's an industry of passion to say I the totally least. agree. And to see somebody come in with ignorance to that side of it and be able to be passionate about the beer has been yeah, awesome absolutely. and it's definitely you know you can jim jim likes to teach beer and so it's been i think it's been good for him to be able to look back at basic techniques and also look forward at what's trendy and have the input of somebody who hasn't been you know we feel like sometimes we make the same beer over and over again which is true because we brew so much wave break yeah um but at the same time you know that's not a bad thing well to to what you just said though the passion of the beer, the ignorance to the politics and the business side of it, because 
I don't think it's at any age necessarily, but it has to be young because I think there's a lot of breweries. If you interviewed every brewery owner and head brewer in the state, I think you'd probably have 70, 80% of them say they had no clue what they were getting into. Oh, I didn't have it. Right? I had no didn't have idea. A clue. Yeah. They thought it was going to be, uh, we're going to be brewing beer. We're going to be hanging out with our friends. We're going to be serving this beer. We're going to be selling it. Y- yeah, you get to do all that. But then you get to clean, you get to sail, you get to seven in the morning. You get to do all those other things that aren't necessarily fun. (laughs) No, absolutely. The afternoon when you truly do get to sit down and drink your beer with your patrons and your friends, that's great. But that only happens how often? Maybe once a week if you're lucky. Yeah. I mean, if you're truly in the business, especially a startup. Well, and I mean, you also find it a lot of times, like, as when you first started, you were like, oh, I'm going to invite all my friends out to work. We're going to have these beers. And they're like, give me this beer in silence. You yes, know? that's right. I, yeah. Hide in a closet. can see that. It's kind of like my attitude when uh, when I'm off the clock and people are like, hey, what do you think about NC State? I don't feel like talking about it. Don't really I think they like... play basketball. Yeah. Um, it's a bass fishing school right now. So definitely not a football school. That's either here or there. All right. I... For for full disclosure, I don't think we're going to open this one up because I'm going to save this one for uh, for my friend's giving on Sunday. Uh, I was looking for something that was going to go with the turkey and the sides, and when I saw Honey Brown, I went, "Got it! This yeah. is this is the one." That is the Thanksgiving beer, I think. I mean, this is it's uh, last year we years ago they brewed a a Honey Nut Brown on a five gallon like a, just a five gallon recipe. Okay. And, People at the pub were like, you know, six months later asking about it. It, it only lasted a couple of days. And I think that it was one of those where, like, oh, that sounds cool. Like, oh, cool. Like, people liked it. And then, you know, six months later, people asked. A year later, people asked. And then fall 2018 came around and people were saying, like, oh, man, like, have y'all done that honey nut brown, you know, for your fall seasonal? And we honestly hadn't even talked about it. ESB <laughs> is our, you know, it's our big amber english beer you know all balance a little sweetness and things like that and as people asked about it we were like you know let's brew one big batch of honey brown and see how it goes well it went way better than we expected so this year it is on our fall seasonals list like last year we sold out of our double batch in a week um this year i didn't want to make the same mistake so we brewed a couple double batches and we have a few more batches coming up in the future because it did so well, but you know, Honey Brown, we'd love to brew. We brew a lot of traditional beers. Um, in the Raleigh market, you don't see as much of it. In Wilmington, you see a lot more of it from us um, because it isn't huge batches. We're on a seven barrel system. Mm-hmm. So, what makes it up here is the beers I have stock of. And, you know, when I do one offs, the Raleigh market eats them up. But doing these really balanced English style beers is, you know, and German style beers, we don't see as much up here, but we are starting to see more of it as we, as the trends change, you know, hazy beers are still the most popular. Of course. People are also asking for other stuff now, especially on draft. And we're with honey Brown, you know, this year we released it. This is the first year we've done a full seasonal. It's exceptionally balanced. It has a really good flavor profile. It's, a little bit of chocolate, a little bit of biscuit, and then the honey just rounds it out completely, and it's a very drinkable mid-range ABV. I believe it's six point two, um, and it's you know it's a great it's for restaurants, um, and especially at our pub, mm-hmm. it goes with food. It's yeah. a, it's a food beer, and like you said, for Thanksgiving, I think yeah, that's why know, I was like, oh, put it in your stuffing. Go ahead. You know? But isn't it really cool though? You 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 do a small batch just to serve in your pub. Yeah. People like it. And they come back next year, and you've not really even thought about it. Oh, I forgot about and it. Now, <laughs> and now here we are. It's one that you're putting a lot of it out there. Because I know so often you guys 
you guys meaning brewers, brewery owners, will plot and plan and try to brew this perfect beer, and then it flops. Oh, absolutely. And it doesn't work. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, the guest last week was talking about a beer that they released a year or two prior and then changed the name, made a few tweaks and released it, and it took off. But originally it flopped, and they were so psyched about it. And here you are with one that you go, yeah, let's just throw five gallons out there and see what happens. And now it's, you know, what? Oh, batch after batch after batch this year. Yeah, we're doing. I think. Uh, I think so far we've brewed three batches, and we have at at least two, maybe. Is it in package more? or just ke- just just kegs? Yeah. Uh, we actually we've backed off on the cans for a minute to get kegs back in stock. At the yeah. end, you know, Wilmington, like you said, it is somewhat seasonal. Um, beginning of September, we were. We had no no kegs. I oh, mean, wow. like we had some kegs, but right. it was like for a commercial brewery, it was mm-hmm. an uh oh scenario. Yeah, right? wow. um, And so we, you know, with canning, scheduling it, um, we mm-hmm. we don't have our own canning line. Right. We work with an awesome mobile canning company, and they, you know, they work with us really really well. But we're canning every bright tank we have full every time they come, and it shuts us down for a few days of not brewing and. We sell cans so fast because they're so few and far between right. that it would be, you know, it depleted our keg stock. Canning line coming soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. One of these days. So, you know, as production brewery comes, we're going to be able to schedule more canning runs that don't shut so our brewery is it, down. So where is that project right now? Um, We've talked about it, I know, off and on for last year. It's under construction. We have So we own the equipment. Mm-hmm. So we have the entire brew house and all the fermenters and all the bright tanks, and they're in storage. Um the building is under construction. We we have a big garage door in the back of it now. Um, we have taken out all the. There was a. It was an office space before, okay. much mm-hmm. like what we're sitting in now. And we tore the walls out. All the carpet came up, and uh, we built the little storage room in the front that we needed, and an office for, you know. There is an office part of brewing, um, sure, so we sure. have that basic little office that we needed, and then. In the back, it's just a big, or not big, it's a 3,000 square foot empty square. Mm-hmm. Um, we've torn the cement up, we've put the drains in, and next up is pouring cement. Um, after we pour cement, we have to seal that cement. Yep. Um, other than that, like we have fans in the walls, mm-hmm. we've got lighting hung. Um, we are, be, we do have to install a few more things. We're getting a cooler put in in the coming days. I don't have. <laughs> an exact day on it i mean everything happens as it happens sure, yeah. um and so we're much doing, like the brewery world yeah in general. exactly yeah it's a it's you know moving along but we are from the last time from the time we actually said on air that we were building a production facility mm-hmm. to now is a like the buildings the building's actually under construction all right um you know and now it's we're at the liberty of a few factors so the other uh the other Cryo that you brought is Wave Break, which you've referenced a couple times. Oh yeah, and um, so Wave, if if you, I, I'm assuming Wave Break is the flagship. It is. It's okay. our, it's our number one seller, and it's an American IPA. Yeah, um, so definitely one of those beers that uh, I mean, you know, I I bring Wave Break everywhere. It's regardless of if you've tried it or not before. It's just like I'm. You got to you got to try this one right. It's, so what's the so the availability for wait for, for for those who are probably wondering all right where do I get bills now obviously you talked about kegs being around so and the mobile canning so I'm, I'm assuming wave break is the most easily accessible one in Raleigh no um, no so wave break is it's funny wave break goes through these huge waves in Raleigh because I sell to mostly bottle shops I haven't really broached the restaurant okay um, side right. of of well that's what I was here. asking like you can get it at bottle shops right yes Maybe. We, we've canned it a couple times but you know the 
bottle shops are all about what's fresh and what's new. True. I I encourage like every sales call. I'm like, hey, you should get a keg of wave break. But we also usually have two or three other IPAs that no one's ever had before. Mm-hmm. And the bottle shops, they don't mind paying a little extra for that keg and selling something new. Wave break does quite often get purchased, but right now, because Hail the Leaf is new, mm-hmm. A lot of the bottle shops have had a ton of Hail the Leaf. Wave Break, you'll find, uh, we definitely have, there's a couple places around town um, that carry Wave Break on occasion. Um, Mason Jar Tavern has had it for, you know, stints of time. Wave Break in Wilmington is on tap at... Just about everywhere. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've got, we have a, it's our most consistent tap in Wilmington. Up here, I do focus on selling... We run out of wave break for those constant accounts in mm-hmm. Wilmington sometimes, so we really started producing it. Like, we've... so does that bother you though? That this this seems to be a, a a recurring conversation over the last couple of years, where brewers are kind of over trying to come up with something new. I, it doesn't, and they bother wish me. that you would go back to drinking their main beer. Okay, so because that's what keeps the lights on. I think. Having something like Wave Break to pay the bills, keep everything moving, gives us the opportunity to really look at these experimental beers and have a lot of fun with them because I know I have something that's going to sell. Um, and then, you know, when I brew something like, you know, we just put a Munich Dunkel in a fermenter. I don't know when the last time you actually like saw that happen, but like Wave Break gives us the opportunity to brew an experimental lager that takes a while because I have Wave Break where if somebody's looking for a beer that they, you know, they're looking to bills. A lot of times, they're gonna want to try our flagship first, or they're gonna want to keep it on, or it's gonna be something that's constantly coming. So, I, I, I definitely get frustrated sometimes because I think core beers are. I think core beers should have more respect than they do. Okay. However, um, one of the first nine one nine podcasts I ever listened to, y'all were with uh, one of the bigger brewers from around here talking about core beers mm-hmm. and it was a really funny conversation because i was like screaming at the podcast like yes yes the whole time <laughs> i mean you know as i've grown in the industry i i don't like we don't have six cores we only carry hail the leaf and wave break are our two core beers everything else kind of rotates we have beers that last a long time so we'll brew a bunch of it and it's always there like merganser black lager but we don't distribute it as heavily as we do ipa and pale ale and that's just a customer you know what people want like yeah. the especially in Wilmington it's hop crazy um which kind of stinks sometimes but it's been cool because we put out a you know put out a pilsner that had a better reception than we ever expected which will become a core beer mm-hmm. and so having these beers that we do have to brew all the time but you know they're constantly available you know up here there's also I don't know how many breweries are in Raleigh but they all make an IPA and half right. of them their flagships that IPA yeah. so Wave Break does extremely well up here, but it's still, it's one of those, when we move towards restaurants, I mean, I'm going to give everybody a sample of Wave Break and be like, you should probably have this on. But at the same time, I'm also hoping that as the industry shifts, I'm able to sell more Honey Brown and I'm able to sell Pilsner and I'm able to brew, you know, a lager that people want and, you know, that's going to take a tap handle and sit there because canning everything's hard. Yeah. Um, But also draft beer and having core beers like i think the ipa uh, ipas aren't going anywhere anytime soon there'll be there'll be i've been doing i've been doing this too long to notice anything otherwise yeah i mean and you know people are loggers 
balanced beers are coming back, mm-hmm. but they have a market share of like twenty percent. You know, you still look as the people say the haze craze has gone away, which is hilarious because if you look at half the breweries in North Carolina, you have four hazy beers on tap. Um, you know, I went to a brewery in Winston Salem that I'd never been to while we were at the Craft Brewers Conference and they had six hazy beers on tap and they had a Blondale and a barrel aged stout and that was their entire tap list. And it was kinda cool, but it also says a lot about what the trends are. Like as the haze craze dies, it's still huge. And the IPA trend is very much not going anywhere and so, anytime so you, soon at all. Right, I, I totally agree with that. But you said something in, in, in that just a minute ago. In that rant. Why not? Why not no, rant? no. You said as the industry shifts. So what's the next shift? I mean, because, you know, we've been doing this podcast for a little over five years now, almost five and a half years. And we've seen it go, again, IPAs, no matter what flavor IPA, whether it's American, West Coast, Hazy, doesn't matter, any of those. IPAs are there. Right. But you see all these other trends. You see the sours. You see now we're on the Pilsners. What's the next shift? So I think. What, what are you guys preparing for? I, I think the shifts will be less dramatic, but what you're going to see is you'll see as brewery, as the market becomes more competitive, the quality of beer is becoming more important, but the balanced beers are becoming more important. And, you know, if you look back and like before I was drinking, but or before I was 21 and really. In the recent years, too, you've seen it. Like, if you people are always like, oh, IPAs are everywhere, there's too many IPAs. But you look back in 20 years ago, it was all loggers on mm-hmm, tap, sure. but nobody mm-hmm. really talked about it. And so that's the thing. Well, Pilsners. I, well, they didn't <laughs> I'm call, kidding. They I'm didn't kidding. really call it Pilsners. Necessarily. I, know, you know, I know. I know. It's, uh, we're talking about the. Uh, the Millers and stuff, and yes, that's what we're on tap. And so you're not going to see the IPA go anywhere, but what we'll see is a we'll continue to see people who can make that high quality, consistent product and do innovative things with it. But you'll see more, I think we're just seeing more balance and finding ways to have the flavor and have the hoppy and have the bitter, but not be overwhelming in any category i don't think loggers are gonna go anywhere like we the pilsner trend is hilarious because i can't even remember finding a craft pilsner except from the big guys you know five six years ago and Mm -hmm. now if you don't make a pilsner you're kind of like frowned upon and you've seen a drop in blondales and you've seen an increase in colches and these more traditional styles that were there long before american craft beer was the Mm -hmm. big thing I think we're just seeing balance. I think we're seeing people who are more reasonable in drinking, um, you know, price, like being aware of selling that $7.16 ounce beer is really, a lot of people are trying to make that beer that somebody will sell for five and sell for four. And, you know, the industry shifts, they'll become less dramatic in my opinion, but I, I mean, there's no guarantee. I mean, we could wake up tomorrow and there's this new beer style that's like, what you know something i don't even know i I haven't come up with it yet but if i do i'm gonna yeah you better tell you about it you gotta get (laughs) another good point made there nick is that i have sat down at a bar recently and ordered a beer and again like you were talking about a burger earlier um (laughs) before we went on air we were talking about a place where you had a burger and the burger was 18 dollars. and we just are conditioned at some point in our life we just walk in we order what we order and not necessarily noticing the price so i ordered this beer didn't notice the price it was nine dollars for for anyone it was a 12 ounce pour right i'm like are you kidding me so things that we don't think about in this industry i think about because i'm in the housing industry and i got 
blindsided and just crushed by the Great Recession. Mm-hmm. But what happens when we have this next hiccup in the economy and people can't spend seven, eight, nine, ten dollars for a beer? Mm-hmm. How's that going to affect us? So unless think, you're at a sporting event, of course, okay. yeah. But that's but but here's the thing: <laughs> people that go to sporting events, that's their that is their disposable income. That's mm-hmm. where they have chosen to place it. People that hold season tickets to the Carolina Hurricanes probably don't take long fancy vacations, right? Because they're probably unless you're rich, right? And there's always that demographic, but that's not the true <laughs> demographic of who that the fan average is. person, right? The average person. So in everyday life, if we have a recession, things tighten up. The economy tightens up. Where are we going to be there? So I'm just thinking all the things that we don't consider as we get out of control as yeah. an industry. Because yeah. I think a little bit of it's out of control. We, uh, well, I think some people are pricing themselves out of the market. My point. Exactly. Um, and it's weird because – so when you manufacture – Well, you don't necessarily pi- – pi- I mean, it depends on the market. Oh, it definitely. You, you know? have to be aware of what your customers. I mean, just yeah, like I mean, this if, radio show is not directed at wine drinkers from France. No, know? we have a podcast for that though. We're hosting a wine and dandy from our friends over at Mix One One Point Five. But that, that, I mean, but that's the thing. <laughs> that's the shameless thing. plug. Shameless that's plug. that's the thing. If, you know, it's it's what market are you catering to? I know I'm not going to get a lot of listener numbers on this podcast because it's a very specific issue. Right. But the people that we are serving really enjoy the podcast, right. and yeah. there's a nice little community around it. Uh, and that's worth doing, you know? So uh, I, I get what you're saying, that some people are pricing themselves out of the market, but there is such a thing as, I mean, I can go, I'm not going to name the place where I can buy a sport coat, but I can go in there, see a real gorgeous pattern on a sport coat that I wouldn't mind rocking for work, like when I got to go to the ACC tournament or whatever it is, and then I see that the jacket is $800. Right. I mean, you sell one, you're good. But you know that I ain't the market right. at that point. I'm, <laughs> right. I am I am the unique low market. That's right? right. That's me. Like I'm gonna spend fifty bucks on a decent looking blazer, not right. eight hundred. But anyway, right. That's neither here nor there. We got deep there for a second. Um, we gotta go. Thanks for bringing all the beer. Thank you for having me. We'll have to do this again. Hopefully, we can do it in the summertime. And it gives you an excuse to go down to Wilmington. Yeah, anytime. Come right. down. And we can do it in the uh, new brewery, assuming it's, oh, you know. I like it. Drink I like beer that out idea. of the tank. I like that idea. I like that idea. Bill's Brewing. Go check them out. You can find their stuff around here and obviously down in Wilmington. So go uh, go say hello. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the 919 Beer Podcast. Reminder, you can listen to other podcasts on the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network, like Wine and Dandy, as I mentioned, from our friends over at Mixed with 1.5. Also, you got Runology. Uh, which I also host too. That's the here and over there. Do we, what do we got coming up next week? We're not here next, next week. Next week is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So y'all, uh, y'all enjoy Thanksgiving. We're gonna take some time off. We will then, see you the following week. Yep, with Maddie Beeson from Stem Ciders. Ah, very very cool. So we will see you all in two weeks on the podcast. Cheers. You've been listening to the Nine One Nine Beer Podcast with host Joe Ovius, Adam Eshbaugh, and Wayne Holt. <laughs> Don't forget, there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. This podcast also airs Saturday mornings at 8 on Buzz Sports Radio. Thanks again for listening to the 919 Beer Podcast. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.